I don't know anything about like weapons. So I was like, is this like an old timey gun? Or yeah, is this I look, like a right? current time gun? <laughs> like, I don't I don't know. I have yeah, no is it idea. A musket? I don't know either. <laughs> Welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark, a Hallmark Review podcast. I'm Megan, and I'm a longtime Hallmark fan. I'm Wendy. I'm a former Hallmark hater. The Way Home is back, and so is our weekly recap and review series. Today, we're discussing Season 2, Episode 1, titled The Space Between. When the podcast is over, you can follow us elsewhere. Come find us on Instagram. We have two Instagram accounts. We are at Girls Gone Hallmark and Megan and Wendy. Come join our Girls Gone Hallmark Facebook group. We're definitely talking about the way home over mm-hmm. there. And if you want even more from us, you can join our Patreon community, which is a women's lifestyle chat. And you can get a full free week where you can dive into back episodes to check it out, see if it's something you're interested in. And after that, it's simply $5 a month for brand new episodes every Monday. If you listened to last year's the Way Home series, we did like a straight scene-by-scene recap. Mm-hmm. And we decided based on our own thoughts and opinions and the feedback from Facebook group members to change it up this year. Yeah, so a little backstory here. Five minutes ago, we were literally figuring out like <laughs> what we were doing. We didn't. We wanted to see the first episode first before like figuring out how we were going to structure this this episode, right? Yeah, I'm excited about what we came up with. I am too. I think it touches on everything. A little bit of recapping key moments, a little bit of review. It's similar to our movie reviews, but not identical. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that's hard is like we knew the structure of season one a lot. Like we knew we were going to get 1990 moments and 2023 moments. We don't really know what this season's going to bring. So there may be some segments we have to bring into the mix as the season progresses. Yeah. So first up, we do know from season one that they do title every episode with a song title. And this week's episode is The Space Between, which is a Dave Matthews band song from the year 2001. Are you a Dave Matthews fan? Uh, it's uh, not like the full catalog. I do yeah. <laughs> enjoy their music, but not not like everything. I'm not like one to go to the yearly concert or anything like that. Yeah, I have been to two Dave Matthews Band concerts. Ooh, wow, that's news. In my much younger years. Oh, interesting. Yes. I was like eighth row at Dodger Stadium one year. <laughs> Did you have a tie-dye shirt on? I didn't. Look, I will tell you that I went with some women that I worked with who were hardcore, and the events that took place in my car prior to the concert <laughs> We're I not can, done with my sanctioning because I'm a very good girl. I can only imagine. <laughs> wow. I was like, we're going to get arrested. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course you were driving. Of course I was driving. <laughs> Who's going to be the only one not bombed out of her mind when this concert's <laughs> over to get us home safely? It's going to oh, be you. That's funny. Let's talk news and notes. Okay. I have a big one. Please. Hallmark is advertising that The Way Home re-airs on Hallmark Movies Now, right? Yeah. It's on Peacock, too. 
don't let it get the, it twisted here. I watched it on Peacock this morning. Yes, yeah, so you're saying don't pay for that Hallmark Movies Now subscription if you got a Peacock subscription? Exactly. I I mean, I think just Hallmark wants people to like utilize Hallmark Movies Now, which I do. I pay for a subscription myself. As do I. But I also have a Peacock, Peacock subscription. So I, I think there's some misleading advertisement happening there. So if you missed it, I did see a comment come in on our Instagram, someone saying they had missed it. Check out Peacock. Or you know, get a free Hallmark Movies Now trial if you don't have Peacock. Well, and especially if you want to watch the fan favorite movies that we're reviewing mm. this year, I watch them on Hallmark Movies Now. So, Me too. I mean, I just don't like that Hallmark has been like, oh, The Way Home is, you know, airing the next day. Well, it's on Peacock too. Anyway. Cool. Lots of options if you don't have traditional cable. Yes. You can also what watch you- it on the Friendly app. Oh, yeah. All right. I have a director note. This episode was directed by Grant Harvey. He did direct four episodes in season one of The Way Home, episodes one, two, five, and six. There is no updated IMDb info for any of these. I had to find that information elsewhere, so I do not know what future episodes he has directed of this season. He has 45 directing credits, tons of TV series, and shows like Heartland, Winona Earp, Orphan Black. He definitely veers a little bit more towards the serious than the rom-com. Mm-hmm. So I think for this episode, it's important to get listeners up to speed on where yeah. everybody is at in Port Haven. So want to go character by character? Okay. Let's start with Kat. Sure. She's the editor-in-chief at the Herald now, which has now become a weekly newspaper, not a daily paper. Which, quite frankly, is all Port Haven needs. Let's be serious. Yeah, how much news is happening overnight there? Quality (laughs) over quantity. (laughs) Alice is getting ready to finish the school year, and she's headed to Minneapolis to be with her dad for the summer. And girlfriend Rachel, Elliot has been off traveling the world, Super curious how science teacher Elliot was paying for these world travels. Super interested in finding out how science teacher Elliot left during the school year to <laughs> go Bye. on a Mexican vacation. I, what? Not just, he was everywhere. I he know, everywhere. but yes. he was sending postcards last from Mexico. Dell appears to have expanded her enterprises to include beekeeping and honey sales. Yeah, my note says... Dell is doing bee stuff. I mean, <laughs> what was she doing before? Farm stuff. I don't. Farm stuff. Yeah. <laughs> she have jam, I believe, that the high school kids would harvest. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. And we also find out that Dell's neighbor is going to sell his farm, and as a result, he will no longer be farming her land. This just feels like a little bit of like exposition, right? This neighbor shows up. If we've seen him before, it's been very brief. I don't recall this man. Do you recall mm-hmm. this man? I don't. And I watched last season pretty carefully. I feel like we're setting up for, you know, he says, well, you could probably get someone else to farm the land. And Dell says she'll handle it. She's she's not going anywhere. And we're going to talk in the next segment. You know, Dell's having a little bit of like a existential crisis about her place in the world. And so that might influence how she feels about what they're going to do with this land and the Mm -hmm. Landry farm and the history that lives there. Yeah. 
Monica, she is the owner of the restaurant. I can't remember the name of it right now. Anyway, she seems to be very good friends with Kat now. They seem very close. Yeah, they seem to have let go of their antagonistic relationship because they were hot and cold in season one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you caught it. When um, Spencer picks up Alice for school, you hear a voiceover say, I got into that cooking school or something like that. So I'm and- like, is, Sp- is Spencer going to be leaving? Well, and she says, like, what, in Italy or in France? It's somewhere yeah. far away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And is that just setting us up for, like, Spencer's not going to miss her when they're on their, spoiler alert later in this episode, time travel escapades? Perhaps. 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 We also know that Kat has been chasing down leads on Jacob in lieu of time traveling. They have stopped jumping in the pond. And so she's working with the historical society because... Based on information she found in the almanac, she knows that Jacob was somewhere in time after the almanac existed. He left her that clue about explorers looking to the stars, but she has come up empty so far. Dun, dun, dun. They're going to go to the pond again. Spoiler. Hmm. They also introduced three new characters, Evelyn Goodwin who we learned just recently passed, and she is part of the founding family of Port Haven. We're going to talk about her and a little bit more later. And then also Elijah and Rebecca Landry are also founding family members. Uh, never heard of them before this, this season. Never knew about their initials in the fireplace. Nothing like that before. Yes, it makes me wonder if Rebecca Landry is perhaps the answer to one of the questions we're going to ask later in this episode. All right. All right, so let's hear a synopsis of this episode. Sure. Dale recreates traditions of family summers past. Alice misses her friends. And Kat grapples with Jacob's mystery in the wake of losing Elliot. I feel like that does a good job ignoring a major plot point that we're going to discuss every episode. Kind of the key plot points happening, moving our story forward. And I think the big key plot point in this episode is... You said Evelyn Goodwin. Is it Goodwin or Goodman? Did I write it down incorrectly? I might have written it down incorrectly. Well, she wouldn't be on IMDb. (laughs) Because she did. Okay. Evelyn has passed away. She's a town legend. And in her will, she has left a number of assets to the Herald that Kat now has to dig through. And I think Kat shows up expecting maybe there's going to be a box of documents or items. But no, in fact, there's rooms upon rooms of cardboard boxes. And Kat, she comments that, like, this is like the ending of Indiana Jones, right? Like the treasure they find, which that was quite funny. I didn't really get it. It's been a long time since I've seen an Indiana Jones movie. I just think, like, at the end, they're always discovering some treasure or another. Uh, It's always bigger and more vast than they expected it to be. That's my understanding. But certainly there are bigger Indiana Jones fans out there than I. This kind of sets off like a trajectory for both of our moms. We've got Kat and Del both kind of experiencing some things as a result of this visit to the Evelyn estate. Yeah. Kat, among the boxes, discovers... A portrait that looks shockingly like Kat herself. Yeah, I gasped. (laughs) 
again. I was like, oh, it's her. <laughs> With the inscription, my Catherine. And that portrait is 200 years old. So we know some things, right? Like, like why is it hanging in, in this house? Oh, yeah. That's another good question. Dell is on her own little exploration in this home. And it's really kind of sad because she comes across this room, which is like Evelyn's sick room. All of her medications are still there. There's like a recliner pointing out the window. And Dell just realizes like this woman kind of died alone in this big house. And I think she has a moment. Well, I know she has a moment because she discusses it later where she's like, wait, I don't want this to be me stuck in time. I want to move forward even in the midst of the tragedy of my life. Did you notice the binoculars in that scene? I did. They're on a stand, right? It was just weird. They're by the window. In my mind, I'm like, what is she looking out over the Landry's farm? Because mm. in my head, and this may not be the actual logistics, but I feel like that mansion, what do they call it? Langmore, Lingamore, something like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. is overlooking the Landry farm. Here's why I don't think it's that, because they talk about having to take a drive out to X location. Yeah. So I think it might be not on their land. So do you think maybe the binoculars are just significant because it's this old woman who's alone in her house and she's looking out over the town because she's sad? I I think that scene gives us more questions than answers because there's a couple like flashbacks, but audio only. Mm-hmm. For both Kat and Dell, did you remember hearing that? Like, there's some yelling in the background. Mm-hmm. Some it seems like a party scene happening. Yes, but we don't. There's no visual, so we don't know. We don't know what those moments are referencing. We don't know what this house has to do with them. There's a there's a lot we don't know about this house and its connection to the Landry women. Well, especially I thought it was interesting when Kat tells Dell that she's going up there. Dell's like, yeah, I'm going with you. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, what's the significance of this house? How did it play a role with this family? It's, I'm, I'm interested. Me too. All right, let's talk moments we liked. What grabbed you in this episode? Well, Rita really coming in hot with her <laughs> jokes. And I loved it. When she tells Kat, did she tell Kat? Yeah, she told Kat. That Elliot had a glow up in what the kids are calling a hot boy summer. I about died. My daughter watching this with me rolled her eyes. I thought it was hilarious. It's literally the first thing in my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Rita. Rita drove me crazy last season, but maybe I like Rita this season. Rita's coming in hot. So in general, in this episode, I like the way the flashbacks were handled. We don't have any time travel up until the very last scene. So we don't get the normal movement of... 1990s present day, but we did still have 1990s Landry moments in flashback form and particularly in the summer firework party parallel and then the party after party at the Cove. And I'm so glad that we're still getting those moments. Like we're still seeing Colton. We're still seeing the happy Landry family pre-tragedy in the 90s because Mm -hmm. that's so core to this series for me. We know that, according to Elliot, Alice never time-traveled back to the 90s again. So it was unclear. And I was a little nervous. Second seasons of shows can struggle. Yes, yeah, sophomore season. And I season. was drawn back in immediately. Like, they wasted 
no time. This was A-plus episode for me. I think so, too. I will say I the first five minutes were super chaotic, and I was like, this feels like an end of an episode versus the beginning, but we mm. just had, like, the end of the, you know, it was winter season. Alice gets trapped under the ice, which, like, unlocked a lot of fears. <laughs> Me too. I was like, oh, God, awful, awful, awful. But that felt, like, so weird and chaotic to open the episode like this, I thought. Mm-hmm. Any other moments that you liked or stood out? I liked Kat and Elliot's kiss, and... I like that it sets up for us that they both still have feelings for each other. But here's what I like. I like that their roles have reversed a little bit. Kat is the one who steps back. You know, Elliot broke her heart. Mm -hmm. He needed more. He took off. And Elliot's like, wait, obviously he wanted that moment to go on. We see in the text that he deletes later that he wished that moment had continued. And I'm wondering in Elliot's perspective, is he like, okay, now I've had my room springer, so to speak, is he going to be like, okay, I'm ready now. You should be waiting for me. And she wasn't. I kind of like it. Yeah, but it's not like she's, like, moved on to somebody else either. You know what I mean? She's just – she chose her, right? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and to heal and to repair her relationship with Alice and her mom and – I mean, it's good. They have to continue the tension between these two, obviously, because it was a significant part to last season. So, of course, I'm rooting for them to get together. There's no way these two aren't the endgame of this show. Absolutely. All right. It's time for some unsolved mysteries. And there's a lot of them in this episode. Like I told you, I feel like we're not getting any closer to an answer. It, this episode just opened like a bigger can of worms. Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel at the end of season one, we kind of got an understanding that, yes, we all believe Jacob jumped into the pond and is somewhere time traveling somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. But now, well, first of all, it opens the episode where we have this old woman and Jacob. Who is the old woman? One, yes. and I don't Is know if Rebecca you know Landry. I don't know. I don't know I don't either. Know. And I kind of thought that their clothes look dated, like eighteen hundred dated, like two hundred years old dated. Agree. Yes. I, so maybe that's where everybody's headed. Is back to. I mean, we know from the final scene of scene last one, yeah, that they're headed pretty far in the past, based on long-haired cat's dressing gown that she's mm-hmm. running through the woods in. So that that stands to reason. But then it's the question. She says, you know, you have to stay here now for a, for a while. And why? What's happening? What? Where and when and why are all the yeah. questions. Yeah. Uh, what's the horse doing? Is the horse time traveling? <laughs> Did the horse jump in the pond? Are there wild horses? Clearly, Dell is taken by this horse. It's not a regular occurrence. So what's the deal with the horse? And they really, like, hit you over the head with it. Like, if you didn't notice this horse in the first scene, here's two more scenes where we're going to make sure you realize there's something to this horse, y'all. Yeah, did it come out of the pond? Like, is it going to be wet at some point? And they're going to be like, oh, it's from the pond. I don't know. Is the horse like, what the heck am I doing here? And where is my farm? (laughs) I cannot find my hay. (laughs) Lady with the honey, please feed me. Yeah, what's this wild horse just running around? Port Haven? 
Yeah, weird. Okay, who is watching Colton and Elliot's mm. conversation? Me personally, I think it is Colton. Because oh, I you think it's Colton? I paused it. Uh-huh. The hair looks similar. He's wearing a plaid shirt. It's giving Colton vibes, but I don't know. From when? From before he died. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I could be wrong. Who do who do you think it could be watching? Well, I thought it was Elliot from another time, like adult Elliot. But that's not his style, though. A plaid I, shirt? Well, he's got to steal it from somebody. He's coming out of the pond. Maybe he's pulling it off their clothesline. That's a good point. It's not his style. Um, my other thought was maybe it's Jacob. That doesn't make sense. <gasps> it could be Jacob. As an adult. Mm-hmm. I don't. There's too many questions. I, I am glad to. that they gave us that scene twice because the first time it was very easy to miss the, did you hear that? And then they move on. Mm-hmm. And then we get it again and we pull back and see the shadowy figure. Who is it? That's interesting. Didn't occur to me it was Colton, but. But no, I think maybe it might be Jacob. I don't know. Oh, this so many questions. Hey friends, Megan here and. I had to add this emergency note to this podcast episode. It is currently Tuesday morning. We recorded this on Monday. The episode drops on Wednesday. I couldn't wait another week to discuss this. I saw on Instagram while scrolling this morning, someone said, I think Elliot might be a villain. And look, I'm not ready to go there yet. I still think Elliot's one of the good guys, but I don't think he's been truthful. I now strongly suspect that Elliot was not traveling, but time traveling while he was gone. And I also, in addition to that, believe that he lied to Alice when he told her that she never returned to 1999 Port Haven again. We'll see why. I don't have the answers to that. But I think we're on to something here. All right, back to the episode. Well, here's another question that ties into this. Alice and Kat jump into the pond, and we don't know when either of them are. Alice emerges from the pond and sees young Elliot. I assumed that meant she was in the 90s, but you pointed out. I think young Elliot might be in current day. Yeah, so that's why I'm like, wait a minute. When you said that, if young Elliot is time traveling, maybe adult Elliot also does some time traveling because when he sees Kat and Alice go back to the pond, I don't know. Maybe because that scene when they jump into the water when they're holding hands and Kat gets ripped from her because she gets all caught up in the weeds, right? Mm-hmm. Alice, to me, I assume she swims up. She's getting out in 2024, let's say, and we see young Elliot. So I, I think young Elliot is in current day. The only reason I didn't think that is they jump in the pond in the summer. When they come out, it's like foggy and gives the image of it being cold outside. Mm. Even when Alice comes up, again, this is filmed in Vancouver. It could very well have been cold and they just couldn't do anything about that. I don't know. More when they jump in the pond, who were those voices we hear? You know, I commented earlier when we were prepping our notes that the seaweed talks. Obviously, it's not the seaweed, but we hear voices saying something like, oh, don't you want to know what she's doing here? And then they 
the sentient seaweed grabs her and pulls her under. Mm-hmm. And then where does she go and who shoots her? And obviously she does not die. So wh- wh- what is going to happen? Who shoots her? And I was trying, I don't know anything about like weapons. So I was like, is this like an old timey gun? Or yeah, is this I look, like a right? current time gun? Like, I don't I don't know. I have yeah, no is idea. A musket? I don't know either. <laughs> I don't even know what a musket is. It just sounds old. Again, don't know. Yeah, so no many idea. questions. You're right. And of course, the cat portrait. What is the provenance of that portrait? No idea. I wish I had some answers. I don't. More questions. Another segment. Did we find Jacob, which is going to be an ongoing segment? And I would like to say that I feel like there's a couple of things that I personally feel like I know to be true. Tell me. We are going to find Jacob this season. Let's I don't hope. think they can I don't think they can do it to us again. I think we gotta find him. Whether we get him back or not, somebody has to put eyes on him. One of the present day Landry ladies. Yes, that would be awesome. Especially knowing that at the end of season one, Kat says, Jacob, I'll come back for you. That- yes. Look, I'm fully hung up. I am now convinced that it was Jacob who was watching Colton and Jacob. It just, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. No, what I'm going to say next isn't going to make sense. Because I was like, doesn't Jacob, isn't he, as a child, isn't he wearing a plaid shirt? Well, he's not going to be wearing the same damn plaid shirt as an adult. So, no, I don't know. Well, that goes to my other point. We've talked about before, like, when we find Jacob, what form is it going to be in, right? We know that in the Way Home universe, when you time travel, time passes at the same speed it's passing at the time you came from. Right. So when they find Jacob, he will be adult Jacob. Like, when adult cat finds Jacob, making the assumption that he will be an adult, he's not going to be stuck in his eight-year-old body. Right. Unless, unless she goes back to the moment he goes back, right? That's where it gets confusing. Let's, with made up numbers, let's say he goes from 1990 to 1812. Mm -hmm. Moving forward, he would get older every year. But if Kat goes from 2024 to 1812, then he is still eight years old. This hurts my brain. I was having a whole thought to myself last night on my walk with the dog, (laughs) really trying to process (laughs) how we're going to find Jacob. And I thought, I know what I know, but maybe I don't time travel every time it gets me. The second I think I've got it, it throws me for another loop. Oh, boy. Hey, here would be a real curveball. What if they bring Jacob back as an adult and he's played by Tyler Hines? How about that? Can you even imagine? Here's why that doesn't work for me. Because he's a little boy. I know he's an adult at this point, but I'm like, cute little Jacob. I it's not the cognitive dissonance is not gonna work with like <laughs> hot dude Tyler Hines. Although, let's not forget how hot young Nick is. Oh yes, we got to see hot Nick again. <laughs> hot Nick is back. Um Yeah, man, this show is just all over the place, but I love it. That's what makes the show so good. It makes you're thinking about it while you're walking the dog, right? (laughs) Also, I do want to say that Alice nailed the teenage angst in this episode. She's annoyed with everybody, and I loved it. She's like, Elliot, you suck. (laughs) Like, she just, I loved it. 
Tell me exactly why she's pissed that Elliot bounced. Because I think Elliot is like a parental figure in her life. And he was like, I will be here for you. And then he Uh. took off. Okay. And I don't think 15-year-olds can process the need for an adult to do their own thing. Make some space for themselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Right. Can we move on to our next segment? Oh, my gosh. Yes, we're not done. Okay. Okay. Like you said, I think music is a big part of the show. Obviously, it was a big part of season one. So I thought it would be fun to, like, highlight it in these podcasts going forward. Mm-hmm. With a segment we're going to call Jen Piken Does It Again. Now, you're like, who the heck is Jen Piken? Well, she is the Emmy award-winning music supervisor for, for The Way Home. And what did she win her Emmy for? She won her Emmy for This Is Us, for the music supervision on This Is Us. She has also worked on so many things. I'm going to name a few of them. Workaholics, Las Vegas, One Tree Hill, my personal fave. The music in One Tree Hill has burned a memory in my brain. I remember how good it was. Alias, Felicity, and also a movie called Reality Bites, which is one of the best oh, soundtracks movie. of my youth. Yeah, Jen Pikin's a real legend. She is. I mean, I, I like followed her on Instagram today. She does like a master class in music supervision. Uh-huh. She's the real deals. So let's talk about the music in this episode. Mm-hmm. When Kat's running, she's listening to a song called Decode by Paramore from 2008 and as i'm watching this last night i even tweeted i was like paramore on the hallmark channel like (laughs) unheard of like that's so freaking cool i just loved it loved it great song choice also of course the song of the summer still my sunshine (laughs) by lynn which had to be a one-hit wonder because i remember the song i don't remember the band at all it's from 1999 This whole scene where they're, like, singing it in the kitchen made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. It kind of felt like when you go to a concert and you see people trying to sing a song that they don't know the words to. Mm -hmm. I felt like they didn't really know the words to the song, and it made me feel very old. Yeah, the Dell moment especially. I'm (laughs) sorry, but I'm sorry. Yeah. And then, of course, we got... All For You by Sister Hazel from 1997. This is a repeat from last year, if I recall. I love that song. Can we share the deep dive that somebody shared with us in our Facebook group about that song? Please. Do do you remember it? No. Hold on. (laughs) Let me go back and find it. Oh, I have it. Okay. Read it to us. While listening to the replay of the Way Home reviews in prep for the release of season two. This is the post you're talking about, right? Yes. They were discussing the song that Elliot and Kat listened to on their road trip, All For You. I wondered if Megan and Wendy realized that Sister Hazel is the reason that Sixth Man got started, and Sixth Man is who is producing the Hallmark Christmas Wild coincidence. That is wild. And, of course, we will be on the Hallmark Christmas Cruise. And that's why Sister I love Hazel our face. Oh, oh. <gasps> wouldn't that be cool if Sister Hazel is there? Can you imagine? <laughs> um, that's why I love our Facebook group, though, because they all know, like, it's not just a one-off that someone posted that deep cut information. Yeah. Everybody it. there knows something. It's awesome. Yes. Thank you for reminding me of that moment. You're welcome. All right. If you have questions that you'd like answered, if you have 
theories about any of these questions, please join us in our Facebook group. There is a discussion every single week about these episodes. It's already Fast and Furious about episode one. You can find us at Girls Gone Hallmark. And if you like this podcast, we love your five-star ratings and reviews. You can leave them in Apple Podcast and Spotify. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow for a review of Betty's Bad Luck in Love. Bye, guys. Bye.